Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. We're continuing today our study on faith from Hebrews chapter 11. And we are already to verse 4, which means we're the fourth day into this. We're not necessarily going to be taking it one verse at a time. There's going to be a couple of places where we take more than one verse. But we're also going to be going and sometimes taking one verse and going multiple days on that verse. Uh, but today we are in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, and we're going to see how faith affects our worship and how faith affects our legacy. We're going to try to get two different things to look at here this morning. There's a lot that you can pull from this verse, and I'm really excited about that. But before we do that, let's jump into our scripture reading from James chapter 4 today. I hope you've been enjoying reading the book of James, and we're going to be reading James chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver. Who is able to save and to destroy? Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and make profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we, we shall live and this and do this or that, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Now this morning we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read verse 1 and verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11, but we're going to be really focusing in on verse 4. We're probably going to continue to really look at verse, uh, verse f uh, 1 as well. Um, throughout this study because it is so important that you remember what faith is. And it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that is the biblical definition of faith, and we've already talked about it quite a bit. It's this idea that faith is a title or a deed. It, it is a promissory note that God gives, and we take that note, and we know that his promises are sure, and then we have evidences that walk in accordance with that promise. But we come to verse 4, and we see the example of Abel. 
And it says this, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he, being dead, still speaks. And the first thing they want us to see here this morning is that faith affects our worship. Faith affects our worship. But let's go back here to that text in Genesis chapter 4 to just get a little bit of a reminder of what happened in that narrative between Cain and Abel, what was going on here with the sacrifices specifically. And it says in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not also be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, there are three things that I want us to see here that we can see that faith affects our worship. And we see that faith definitely affected Abel's worship. And I hope that you'll be able to apply these three things to your worship. The first thing that we see here where faith affects worship is we see, and we can see this in the negative quite a bit with Cain in his offering, is that first of all, he didn't bring the right kind of substance, right? He didn't bring the right thing. Now, it's not that the element here is is such the big deal. It's not that, that, that oh man, Cain shouldn't have given any of his, his vegetables. Cain was a farmer. He should have tithed and given some of his vegetables. There's no doubt about that. But the real issue that we see here with Cain in, in not getting the right thing is that he didn't go through the proper channel. You see, it's undeniable here that Abel was being set up as as a a spiritual uh, as a spiritual authority over Cain. Now, this was Cain's little brother, right? He didn't want to go through through Abel to go and to get the right necessary blood sacrifice in order to go and to worship God properly. He didn't want to go to somebody that he might have looked down upon, or maybe he thought that he knew better than of um, uh, the, than his brother Abel. And so he didn't go and get the right kind of sacrifice. He didn't go to that spiritual authority. And so when we go to worship, we need to understand that, that God does set an order and he does have these things. And that's why it is so important that you're part of a local church, that you're submitted to a local church and that you're submitted there to the overseer, to the shepherd, to the elder that's there over that local church. We call that person the pastor, that you're submitted to that person. And when you go and you worship, you can't just go and say, look, I'm going to go and worship all on my own. I'm going to be my own personal worship leader. Now you should have private worship. You should have private worship, but you can't go and replace the corporate worship the church service with yourself and go and say, I don't need those people. You need to go there. Well, obviously, Abel believed God. He had faith, and so he was acting inside of the order that God set. If you're rightly applying faith, 
if you're rightly activating your faith, you're going to work inside of God's paradigm, inside of God's order, what he prescribes. And we see the lack of faith in Cain. He rejected what God had prescribed. He rejected that. And so he acted outside of submission and thought, I can worship God in my way. Well, you can't worship God in your way. You need to worship God his way because that worship is not about you. It's about God. And faith realizes that. When you are truly applying faith, when you're truly walking in faith, you realize it's not about you, it's about God, and so it enhances the worship. The second thing that we see uh, that happened here is it says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel in his offering. And what did we see about Cain? And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. We don't see that Cain brought of the first fruit. It doesn't say that, but Abel did bring of the firstborn of the flock. He brought the best. He brought the first of that. See, when we're going and worshiping, of course, our worship, it should be, uh, you you know, through singing. It, It should be through serving. It should also be through giving. And one of these things that we see when it comes to giving is that God says, look, The first 10% is mine. We call that the tithe. That is his, and we give that to God. Now, there's also offering. You should offer to God as well. But for sure, God says, look, this 10% is mine. But we need to understand something about the tithe. The tithe is not any 10%. It's not any 10%. Even if you're giving 10%, you have to, in order for it to be worshipful, in order for it to truly be a tithe, it needs to be the first 10%. 10%. It needs to be of the first fruits. It needs to be of the firstborn of the flock. It needs to be the first 10% of your paycheck. When you're setting up your budget, if you really want to worship God properly, the first thing that you go and you do is you see the money that you make, and then you go and you put tithe right there. It's the first thing because that's God's. And if you believe God in this, What's going to happen? Well, you're going to have evidences that he is worthy of the first 10%. Really, everything is his, is what we say. And he says, look, I'm going to give you this much for you to go and to do with, but you have to give this back to me. See, a lot of people like to go and to say, look, I don't have to tithe because everything's God's. Well, that's actually backwards. That doesn't make any sense because he goes and he says, yes, everything is God's. We understand that. And then he gives us a certain amount of it. And he says, you have to give this back. You have to give this 10% back to him, that tithe. That's his. And so faith, when you believe God, when you truly believe God and you walk in those evidences, when you know it's a title or a deed, we could go and look at and see you. I think it's the only place in scripture where God says, test me in this. It's in the tithes and offerings. We go and we see when we truly believe God, What does that mean? We're going to have evidences. We're going to walk in it. And we're going to say, it doesn't matter what other bills are coming around the corner. It doesn't matter how tight the budget might be in other places. The first 10% is God's and that's non-negotiable. That's faith. That's faith applied. And let me tell you, in life, uh, my wife and I, we've, we've gone through 
difficult financial circumstances where we've seen great income uh, being cut. I mean, we've gone through at times where we've seen um, in the course of about 18 months where our income was cut uh, about 55%. And at that time, our expenditures were added quite a bit as well in those kinds of times. And what did we do? Did we go and we look at our budget and say, oh man, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to, to, to give here. We're going to give, uh, we're going to cut this over here because I mean, man, 55%, let me tell you, uh, if you go and you look at your budget, no, that, that makes it difficult. When we get into those kind of situations, I'll, I'll just be honest. And I don't say this at all with, with any pride or, or anything like that, but I'm just saying it as an example uh, and this has been our habit. When we get into difficult financial situations, we go and we look at the promises of God, and he says, test us in these things. And what God has put on our heart multiple times when we get into those difficult situations is we just go and we say, okay, uh, in faith, because you know we're not going to cut out the tithe, and to, to show you, Lord, that we are walking in faith, we realize we're in this difficult situation, we're going to give you the whole paycheck. We're going to do that. Now, we don't do that every single week, of course, when you're in that situation, because God wants you to be a good steward of your money. But we've gone and we've said, look, we're going to give you the whole paycheck, Lord. And let me tell you, I can't. I, I, in fact, I don't even have time to tell you. I didn't intend to go this, this route uh, with this devotional. This definitely is not in my notes. But I can't tell you how many times God has come through in ways that you could not believe whether it's going to the grocery store and every single thing being on sale. That, that, I mean, we didn't look ahead of time what the ad was, but everything we needed was on sale. Whether it, it was somebody comes up to you and they say, look, God put this on my heart. I just, I just need to give this to you. And it's a gift. Or whether it's an investment that ends up going and, and making, making money when you, you didn't expect it to. Or whether it's, it's, it's some other way. I mean, there, there are times and times and times and times again where I could tell you that God comes through. And, and like I said, I don't say any of this with any pride or anything like that. I say this in pointing to we're believing in God and his promises always come, come through. And so I hope that you will believe in God so that you can realize that his promises always come through. And with that, that means faith is going to affect your worship, which means it's going to affect your tithe. You're going to give of the first 10%. The third thing that we see that faith affects in worship here is not just in this idea of giving of the first 10% and also worshiping God in the way that God said to worship him and going through his order. But the third thing that we see is Abel had the right attitude in faith. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? You know, it's not just that Abel came and he brought the right thing, that he went through the right order, 
that, that he worshiped God in those ways, but it's also that he worshiped God with the right attitude. See, real faith, when applied, affects your worship and you have the right attitude. You know, this is one of the things that we work on constantly with, with our boys, Thomas and Henry. When it comes to to spiritual things, maybe it's family devotions, and and let me tell you, you know, going and playing Spider Man or 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 going and watching a, a movie right after dinner is is maybe more fun than going and grabbing the Bible and reading Scripture to a two year old and to a four year old. And so sometimes when you go and you say it's time to grab the Bible for family devotions. They might once in a while have a bad attitude and go, no, or, or something like that. We immediately go and stop them when we say, you don't say no to the Bible. You don't say no to that. Well, this isn't just an issue that comes with two-year-olds and four-year-olds. In fact, one of the things that you'll, you, you learn in life is that the issues that a two-year-old and a four-year-old have are the same issues that a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old and a 44-year-old and a, and a 62-year-old have. It's the same issues. It's just the 62-year-old, 44-year-old generally mask it a little bit more and a little bit better. You should be excited about the, the worship of God. You should have the right attitude about the worship of God. You should never say no to the worship of God. You should get up and Sunday should be the most exciting day of the week, and you should be excited to go into worship. Otherwise, what are you having? Well, you're going to have the countenance fallen like Cain, the countenance of Cain, which is a countenance of no faith. We know that Abel is the opposite of Cain. He's the opposite. Abel was excited to go worship. And if you have real faith, you're going to be excited to go worship too. And you need to. Well, we didn't quite this morning get to faith affects your legacy. And so I, we'll look at that tomorrow and we'll continue looking at uh, Abel. And so that will be an exciting one to go and to get into and to look at, because I really think that's, that's something that's going to hit really hard. I hope um, that we realize that faith affects your legacy, but thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua one, eight, nine, as we depart, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and have good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leads us, waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome.